0: Encyclical Letter Pastoralis Officii on the Morality of Dueling, September the Twelfth, eighteen ninety one, by Pope Leo the Thirteenth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Algie Pug. The Pope on Dueling. The following letter has been addressed by the Holy Father to our beloved son, Francis de Paula, of the Holy Roman Church, Cardinal Schönborn, Archbishop of Prague, to the Reverend Brother Philip, Archbishop of Cologne, and to the other reverend brothers, archbishops and bishops in the German Empire and Austro-Hungary. Beloved Son and Reverend Brothers, Health and the Apostolic Blessing. Inspired by your pastoral duties, and by your love for your neighbour, you thought it well, about a year ago, to address to me letters reporting on the frequency of duels among your people. Not without grief did you inform me that this kind of combat had become a regular custom, even with Catholics, and you asked me to raise my voice to induce men to turn back from such an error. It is indeed a fatal error, but one in no way confined to the countries in which you rule the Church. It extends much further, so that scarcely a nation may be called free from the infection. We therefore praise your zeal, and, although it is clear what Christian philosophy and natural reasoning prescribe in such a case, still it must be useful, since it is a fact that the bad custom of duelling has much increased where the doctrines of Christianity are being less regarded that we should remind your people of them. Both divine and human laws forbid that a man should be wounded or killed, except where the interest of all is concerned, or where it is done in necessary defence. But those who challenge to combat for personal concerns, or accept a challenge, are not constrained thereto by any necessity, and all that they use the gifts of their mind and body for is to kill their opponent, or at least to wound him. The divine and human laws, moreover, forbid that anyone should expose his life to evident and great danger, unless he is bound to do so by duty or by the generous love of his neighbour. Now this is just the kind of blind folly which is peculiar to the duel. No one can entertain a doubt that those who undertake such a single combat take upon themselves a double guilt, that of wishing to kill an opponent. that of exposing their lives to unnecessary danger indeed we can think of nothing which is a greater contradiction to civilized discipline and which undermines the just order of things more than if the right is left to every citizen to defend his own rights and to avenge his honor as best he thinks fit the church of god being the protectress and guardian of truth justice and honor has therefore always condemned severely and punish those who are guilty of single combat. The decree of Pope Alexander III condemns all combats arising from private affairs. The Council of Trent, with great severity, prescribes punishment to all those who undertake such combats, or in any way take part in them. It brands them with shame, and expels them from the Catholic Church, besides refusing Christian burial to those who fall in such combat. Pierre Nono, pronounce the severest punishment against seconds, witnesses, and all those who have knowledge of the duels. The wisdom of these laws is the more evident, as the causes for which the duel is fought become slighter. The opinion which is generally held that a duel can efface the insult or calumny directed against against anyone, cannot surely deceive any other than a madman. If even a challenger in a duel is victor, all reasonable persons will admit that he is merely proved that he is the stronger man of the two, or the better fencer, but certainly not the more honourable man. But if he falls into combat, does he not prove how absurd is this way of avenging his honour? We all, of course, know that this crime is seldom committed from a mistaken idea of honour. Men fight in pride and passion to avenge themselves upon him who has offended them. If they could combat their passions and submit to God, Who commands all men to love one another as brothers who condemns revenge as a deadly sin and reserves to himself the right of punishment then the savage custom of duelling would soon cease but even the excuse put forward by those who are challenged that they do not wish to be taken for cowards is not justified if the duty of a man was to be judged according to the false opinions held by the public and not by the standard of good and bad There would be no difference between good and bad. The man of character should despise the deceptive judgments of the crowd. It is a holy and just feeling which prevents man from committing murder, and he who bears insult and calumny, rather than neglect his duty, certainly shows a more exalted mind than he who, upon the slightest offence, snatches up his arms. In our opinion he shows true bravery, the kind of bravery which it is right to call virtue the bravery which is not rewarded by the false glamour of fame. Courage, in effect, consists in some good harmonious with reason, and all glory not founded on God's approval is a foolish glory. In fine, the shame of duelling is so evident that legislators of our epoch, despite the counsel and patronage of many, have held themselves bound to prevent it by public compulsion and the infliction of punishment. But it is singular, and very shameful, that the written law should be nearly eluded in point of fact, and often with the silence of those charged to punish the guilty, and compel them to respect of the law. Thus it happens that duels, fought despite the law, remain usually unpunished. Also, it is a foolish belief, and unworthy of a sensible man, which pretends that it is stringently necessary to prevent this kind of strife among civilians, but that it may be allowed to soldiers, since, say these, such an exercise sharpens military courage. Now the good and the bad are in their essence different, and they cannot be interchanged because the rank of men changes. Men, in whatever condition of life they find themselves, are all equally and absolutely bound to the observance of the divine and natural law. Moreover, this indulgence to soldiers should draw its reasonableness from the general advantage, which will never be so great that to concede to it will stifle the voice of the natural and divine law. And does not this reason of general advantage in itself fail? The exercise of military courage tends to fortify the state better against its enemies. Will this advantage be compassed by a custom which, of its own nature, in the event of a quarrel, causes the death of one or other of the country's defenders? Lastly, our modern epoch, which boasts of improving upon the ages of the past by a more refined standard of manners, has a trick of despising the old institutions and of setting into contempt everything which does not savour of modern politeness. Wherefore, then, are these shameful remnants of an uncouth age and of a foreign barbarism? We speak of the habit of a duel, the soul thinks unrejected despite so lively an anxiety after perfection. Your duty it will be, venerable brethren, to inculcate zealously upon the souls of your people the principles that we have only outlined, that they may not blindly entertain false beliefs, and that they be not ensnared by the counsel of foolish men. Use your efforts particularly that the young generation should school themselves betimes. To feel and judge about duelling, as the Church, in concert with natural theology, feels and judges, and that they should consistently accept that judgement as the rule of their acts. Moreover, as in certain countries there is established a custom that Catholics, especially those of ripe years, should hold aloof from enrolment in dishonourable societies, so we hold it opportune and salutary that they should make a joint alliance. And pass their word never for any motive to engage in a duel. We pray God to help by His heavenly grace your common efforts and to grant in His good will all that we ask for the public weal, for the sanctification of morality and the Christian life. In pledge of these divine favors and in witness of our good will, venerable brethren, we grant you affectionately in the Lord our apostolic blessing. Rome, September 12, 1891, St. Peter's, the 14th year of our pontificate. Leo XIII, Pope End of Encyclical Letter, Pastoralis Officii, On the Morality of Duelling, September 12, 1891, by Pope Leo XIII.